All right, welcome back. It is the Mountain Off Sports Flag Show hosted here by Dan Sadik alongside Ryan Brown. And we got a loaded episode for you. NFL Week 2 recap and Week 3 preview. I'm going to talk about the Pats and the Jets, Pats and the Saints, and much more. Mortal Locks, fantasy, love and hate. Ryan, how you doing, kid? I'm doing well, Dan. It's uh, another week of Mountain Off Show. It's another week where it's just you and I. It's okay. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, we don't got Jonathan, no Zach, but we got their picks again. Well, we at least got their picks. So that's, uh, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that in a bit about how we did last week and what we got for you this week. But, uh, you know, we got a beautiful uh, weekend here and a Patriots win from last week. As we expected, both you and I, we both had the Pats winning at the Jets last week, and they did <clears throat> just that, 25-6. to six. And Mac Jones, you know, he did pretty much, I feel like, what we thought, too. He didn't screw up. He didn't try to do too much. And the Patriots' defense did what they needed to do. But I'll be honest, Ryan, I think they, they could have had 11 of me out there, for God's sakes, and Zach Wilson would have thrown it to me five times. I mean, <laughs> the guy, I it, that was Sam Darnold. 2019 seeing ghosts esque like that was ridiculous dude. yeah that is exactly what i thought to myself after i think the second pick was where he just threw it up there there he just got the happy feet just chucked one up there and there was literally nobody with a, a jets uniform anywhere near oh. the ball that he threw at that point on you you knew this this game was over the paid bill belichick and the patriots defense had this guy's number and all the Patriots needed to do was just find a way to add points to their, their end of the board. And they did that. Um, Mac Jones finishes 22 of 30 for 186, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked uh, three times, but so yeah, he did, a, he did what he needed to do, but a QBR of 29 kind of, when Zach Wilson's was nine, I mean, he didn't uh, look, I'm not even going to try in and say that Mac Jones wasn't that much better than Zach Wilson, but if the QBRs are in the same department, that is an interesting little tidbit there. Mac Jones was safe with the ball. He was a game manager through and through here. He didn't have to do much. Didn't even throw for 200 yards but he was safe. He protected the football and he put the Patriots in a position to win this ball game handily. And that's all you can really ask for from a rookie quarterback. So again, I think you have to be encouraged by what you saw, but if you want to play devil's advocate with Mac Jones, it's becoming pretty obvious that he is not a playmaker at this point. He hasn't, he hasn't, he's not there quite yet. And for the Patriots to take the offense to the next level, he and the rest of the passing game needs to be able to find ways to create big plays. Uh, because if, if you, if the only big plays you can get are the occasional pop off on the ground from a Damian Harris or a jet sweep from Kendrick Bourne, then I think that's going to pose issues long term, but in the short term, Another solid job by Mac and a great job by the defense 
to really expose Zach Wilson as the rookie quarterback he is. And uh, not a whole lot much more to say in terms of that. Yeah, I just want to add that, like, you know, when you see that James White was their leading uh, um, pass catcher in receptions and receiving yards, that tells you about all you need to know about what their offense kind of looked like. You know, just feeding, you know, your hybrid back, your pass catching back, and not doing too much else out of that, like, you know, running the ball, checking down. I think he was better in the, in the Miami loss, but it's at least good to see that they were able to sustain 60 minutes of turnover free football, um, at least, you know, for Mac Jones. And they were able to do enough on defense where, you know, they beat him by almost 20 points. So, and I know it's the New York jets, but uh, first win for Mac Jones and I'm glad they got it now. Um, Cause they're going to have a tougher opponent uh, this week with the saints, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that about covers it. Like, they did what they needed to do, and that's all you can ask for right now. Um, you could not start that season off 0-2. There's just no freaking way you could have done that. And thankfully, they didn't. Um, but, yeah, a win on the road for Mac Jones and the Patriots. Patriots now 1-1, one and, one, and, you know, thankfully not winless. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to real quick shout out another – pretty good if not great game from special teams the nick folk 4-4 from field goals yeah he missed an extra point but he hit a 49 yarder so he's showing that he can still push for 50 yard field goals which is always encouraging Nick yes. bailey five punts kept nailed four inside the 20 um that's not not much more you can ask from your punter in that regard so uh, it was an all-around solid team performance defense absolutely shut the jets down special teams did their thing and the offense uh, the offense did what it had to do which was uh just play uh, keep the ball in, in their hands and not make any mistakes and just grind it out yeah and that's exactly what they did thankfully i mean because again you just could not have the alternative and you know, they were more disciplined to six penalties for 54 yards. So, you know, that's better, better than eight for 70 something, which I think was, you know, in week one. So encouraging, encouraging start there. Um, so we got other week two games. Um, it was a good slate um, and we had some surprises. Uh, I did not expect Ryan, uh, the Panthers to beat the saints the way they did. I honestly, like I going into the season, I thought best case scenario was for the Panthers to be like middling, maybe close to 500 and just Sam Darnold, you know, back on track development wise, they're much better than I thought. And I know we had the Thursday night game as well, um, which is creeping into my mind, but just in general, Beating the Saints after the way they started off their season, beating the Packers, it's a really good start for the Carolina pa- uh, Panthers and Sam Darnold. Yeah, uh, 3-0 now after the win on Thursday night. Two of those wins are against the Jets and the Texans, who are expected to be dumpster fires of teams this season and have been uh, such so far for the most part. Um, the, the Saints game, though, 
I, I feel like it speaks a little bit more to the fact that Saints uh, week one performance was kind of a mirage of sorts. It showed what the Saints could be at their best. And then week two, you've got a, the reality check of this is what they could be at their worst, which is the defense can't really get off the field. They let Sam Darnold, Darnold, as I like <laughs> to call him, throw for three over 300 yards and two touchdowns. The running game wasn't wasn't too crazy for the Panthers, but they were able to find pay dirt as well. And with the Panthers defense, just absolutely making Jameis look like the old Jameis Winston. Uh, it, we've gotten two completely different versions of the saints through two weeks. And so when we talk about week three, it'll be very interesting to see what version of the saints, the Patriots end up playing on Sunday. It will be. It will be. I uh, definitely have a few thoughts for that game for sure. But uh, I want to switch real quick to uh, a familiar face. Um, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. I know they it's the Falcons. The Falcons suck. They're not good. Not good at all. Um, but still, regardless, I don't care. Brady, five touchdowns. He's now thrown for nine on the season, the most he's ever had after the first two weeks. Um, Gronk, again, it was, it's like saying the same shit as last week, but like he literally looks like vintage Gronk or at least as close as we've seen it in years. And that offense is just clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they could get better. Um, like I didn't like for me, I saw week one and I was like, Mike Evans probably going to be trash this year. He ends up having two touchdowns and Fordham with a hundred yards. And I just think it's their defense. Uh, that's probably the only thing that could hold them back. Uh, 25 put up by the Falcons. Um, you know, they're going to be able to outscore almost any team, but if they have a defense that is that leaky, then they're definitely going to run into some issues. But I just think it's, it's notable to me just the start that Brady's on and he's going to be rolling into Foxborough uh, in just a little over a week. And I just think the way he's playing right now, it's, it's going to be scary uh, come next Sunday uh, when that crew rolls in. They're 2-0 right now and they just it doesn't look good. It does not look good for week four for the Patriots. Um, no, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, contemplate that on a, a later edition of this show. Um, oh, yeah. But it's not. Yeah, that game is looking as scary as we, fig- as we thought it would coming into the season. Um, last, last week on the show, I kind of highlighted how I thought the theme of week two was going to be can teams that drop the first game that we expected to be playoff teams bounce back and kind of get their seasons back on track in quick manner. And I think you saw that across the board. Uh, Cleveland got, got their first one of the season. They, they, the, they weren't able to put the Texans away as dominantly as I would have thought they would have, but the Texans are proving to be a peskier team uh, than uh, I think a lot have thought. Uh, but with without Tyrod Taylor, I think they're going to go back to a dumpster fire real oh, quick. You're not aboard the Mills Mafia? No. No. He's, he, I don't associate with giraffes, even if they look like me. 
Um, oh, sir. That's a shot. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you look across the board. The Bills absolutely dismantled the Dolphins. Yeah, Tua got knocked out of the game. He's going to be out. He's, I believe he just got placed on injured reserve, so he's out for at least three weeks with yep. those fractured ribs. But the Bills just curb stomping the Dolphins and, sh- and completing a shutout of them despite not even throwing for 200 yards. I mean, uh, that's that's an impressive showing from the Bills, even if the offense wasn't as productive num- by the numbers as you would have hoped in that one. But then you get the likes of Dallas getting a, a big win at the buzzer to get back to one and one. The Titans doing the same thing, coming back and forcing overtime and winning in Seattle. Uh, the Ravens with their crazy Sunday night game against the Chiefs, completing that fourth quarter comeback. And even even your your favorite Green Bay Packers getting yeah. on the win column uh, on Monday night. I, mean, I was so bummed. I was so bummed. Yeah, we can we can talk to any of those games to at length, but I think the important thing to take away from it is that for the most part, a lot of the teams that we expected to be uh, competing for in the playoffs that dropped their opening week game were able to get back uh, in the winners column in week two. Yeah, yeah, I I I agree. I I think that's the biggest thing to take away. Also, Lamar. Finally, getting a win over the Kansas City Chiefs, and I believe the stat I saw was this is the first time the Chiefs haven't had at least partial or sole lead of the AFC West since like 2017 or 16. It was like it's been a while. Yeah, Mahomes has owned that division. If not, I mean, you can argue he's almost owned the conference uh, for for a little bit too. Obviously, Brady. It was kind of a roadblock in the way for Mahomes in the first couple of seasons, but with him out of the picture, it's been Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Right. Um, but yeah, the uh, Mar finally gets a win over the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Going to be honest, didn't see that one coming as uh, my mortal yeah. lock was fraudulent. <laughs> uh, so that one sucks. But uh, it was not a good week from from the boys in the mortal lot column. I think we went one and three last week. Something along oh. those lines. Uh, oh, that's putrid. Yeah. So we're going to be looking to bounce back ourselves uh, here on the show, but that's, that's for a, a little bit later on. Um, I mean, yeah. you, you talk about week two and I think one game in particular that stood out was the Rams and the Colts. The Rams get there, get another, big win on the ledger. Uh, I'm not saying that the beating Chicago is anything to brag about, but that was a primetime game. That was Stafford's debut and the bears do have a solid defense at the minimum. So uh, it was interesting to see how the Rams would fare on the road against a team that many expect to be in the conversation for the AFC South crown. And they were able to hang on despite a, a decent effort from Matthew Stafford, not the great, terrific effort I predicted last <laughs> week. Um, but to see, it, it's it's so clear that Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup have instant chemistry. Uh, Cooper Cup is off to a stupid hot start, uh, going for nine for 163 yards and a, two touchdowns in this one. 
basically just carried the Rams offense in this one to another win, setting up uh, a, this big week three clash with the Bucks that I think we'll get into a little bit here shortly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I mean, the only other thing like for me that was kind of notable was, uh, sorry, uh, the Raiders beating the Steelers. Um, I just think they're off to, you know, I, I thought they were likely to win this game, but, you know, I just did not expect them to get off to a 2-0 start. Um, and they're playing better overall on both sides of the ball than, again, than I had initially predicted. And Derek Carr just playing out of his mind. Uh, literally 382 yards and two TDs, no picks. He's lighting it up. He's looking like pre I, – I think I mentioned it on the last pod – that if he's looking like pre-injury Derek Carr, then the Raiders are going to be in a good place. They're going to be competitive in that division. Um, and I think that's clear. Um, so, yeah, Raiders are over the Steelers on the road. Um, so, I big win, big win. And uh, even if Big Ben is sort of – I mean, he's already hurt again. He's already hurt his left pack. But I, I tried to tell you, Dan. I didn't, uh, I try to tell you, he was walking. He's an injury waiting to happen. It's already happened. And it's bad. It's, it's really not looking good over there in Pittsburgh, but nonetheless, that was a takeaway from me. Um, but I think we can, uh, look on to week three, um, and the slate there and also Pats and saints. Um, so I actually think that at home you're going up against a Saints team that is obviously I think a better caliber team than the first two they've gone up against, but they haven't they've been traveling like constantly, and they're gonna be traveling again to Foxborough. They're on the road, and Pat's got a win under their belt. Mac Jones hopefully will start to push things more, um, maybe just start throwing the ball downfield more, start taking some chances more often. Um, the defense is off to a great start as well overall, and especially coming off last week. I think they're Bill's a guy that, again, he's a guy that will make Jameis make Jameis-like mistakes. And I think that's just what he's best at. And he's going to try to take away their best option right now. That's Alvin Kamara. So if there's a way they can try to neutralize him, man, like that's, that's their best way, um, their best path to victory in this game, I think. Yeah. And I think establishing the ground game is also going to be important. The Saints have a very good run defense. Um, they're still kind of banged up in the secondary, sort of like um, we were talking about. I think it was the Dolphins in week one. Uh, the Saints are going to be returning some starters uh, from injury, but they still got plenty of guys out or suspended on their end as well, and turn, as well as coaches. I think they're, they're going to have several coaches missing from this one due to COVID uh, restrictions. Uh, I, but I really do think it's going to be important for the Patriots to establish the ground game here. Damian Harris has been averaging over four yards a carry so far in the first two games of this young 2021 season. And I think if you really want to take some of the pressure off of Mac, 
the easy way to do that is obviously get the ground game going. But if, cause if you're not able to get the ground game going and you force Mac Jones to kind of throw the ball uh, a ton that op- opens up opportunities for more mistakes to happen. Um, and this is a defense that can and will take advantage of any mistakes uh, and will force you into mistakes. Uh, last week we showed, we saw that maybe the saints won't be that type of team to do that, but we certainly saw it in week one against Aaron Rodgers. And if they can make Aaron Rodgers look silly. Yeah. I know Aaron Rodgers maybe is, is, was already checked out going into that game or halfway through that game and whatnot. But if they can make Aaron Rodgers look like that, there's no telling what they can do to a rookie quarterback. So I think it's going to be really important for the team to, to get the ground game going as much as early and often as possible in order to make sure Mac isn't forced into constant third and long situations where he's having to convert to keep drives along. And the big thing that I want to see from Mac is can we finally see him put together scoring drives? And I don't mean ending in field goals. I mean touchdowns because through two weeks, it's been so readily apparent that he can, that passing touchdowns, are I know it's early and I know he's a rookie quarterback, so you don't want to harp on him too much. But the fact that not only are we not ending drives with touchdowns and we're settling for field goals more often than not, but the touchdowns that we are getting are on the ground and we're not being able to get those through the air. That I don't want to call it a concern, but it's something I'm definitely honed in on and looking to see if Mac Jones can get the air attack going in this one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at some point you have to, right. And like, might as well start trying it now. And especially before the Tampa Bay game, it's going to be a really, really tough matchup for Mac Jones and the Patriots, but uh, yeah, establish the run and then let the kid take some chances when he can, you know, just pick your spots. You know, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to try to sprinkle it on every drive, but if it's there, try, just try for it, you know, cause it's, you know, according to, you know, some, you know, Patriots media, yeah, media I've heard, you know, they've, they've been there and you've seen it on, you know, in game too at times, but like the people who break down game film will tell you that he's had chances. He's had guys open. He just hasn't taken those chances. And he's even said it as much himself. Um, that he's, you know, sort of going to continue what he's doing. But I think the ultimate goal, yeah, is to develop that. It's just how long is it going to take? So, but um, yeah, that's going to be sort of like a, I wouldn't say measuring stick, but it's, it's, it's as close as a measuring stick game as they've had thus far. And that's kind of like my little theme for this week um, that, I think there's some measuring stick games, Ryan, on the slate this week hmm. um, between the Chargers and the Chiefs at the Chiefs, um, no less. And we also got the Buccaneers at the Rams. And I'd say the Packers and 49ers, all kind of like measuring stick games um, for these really good teams that especially the Bucks and Rams. I mean, that's going to be a great game, but you're talking about two teams there that are both going to be vying to be top of the NFC and having deep playoff runs. Um, so 
I think there's a few of those across the board this week and some good divisional matchups again, like the Colts and Titans. I was ready to write off the Titans after week one, but they, they, they beat the Seahawks uh, in an absolute battle in week two. But um, what, uh, what sticks out to you this week, if anything? Uh, I, I kind of like the theme that, that you, you put out there. I think there are definitely some measuring stick games. Uh, the, the bills in the football team, both teams won their divisions respectively last year, and they're both sitting at one and one somebody, unless they tie is going to be below 500 after this week and not going to be sitting, sitting great. And if that's the bills and they lose their first two home games of the season, to Pittsburgh and Washington. Yes, those are those are good teams, but they're not the great teams. They're not upper echelon teams. And if the Bills can't beat those teams at home, how do you expect them to to compete with the likes of the Chiefs and the Ravens this year? I, right. I don't. So that's so for me. I think this is a, a definitely a big game for Buffalo to to get some momentum going in their direction. Uh, I think I, I think the Chargers and Chiefs. And the Titans Colts are in a similar fashion. The Colts can't afford to, to start 0-3. Oh, and God. they've already lost two at home. Now you've got a matchup with the team you tied for first with in the division last year, who's coming off a who's got some serious momentum after their big over overtime comeback win in Seattle. And if they drop it to the Titans and they're already down two back on the Titans after three weeks and they've already lost the first matchup between the two. That is, that is a, that's going to be tough to overcome for the Colts. I know there's plenty of football to be played, plenty of games still left on tap, but you really don't want to shoot yourselves in the foot any further than the Colts already have. So whether it's Carson Wentz or Jacob Eason, somebody's got to get things going for that Colts offense. And the defense for the Colts is really going to have to hone in on Derrick Henry and force Tannehill to air it out. And that might not work out well either because Julio Jones showed up last, has shown up now. And uh, if, if him and A.J. Brown are able to work in tandem, then that offense once yeah. again becomes very, very scary. And then with the Chargers and Chiefs, I mean, it's – can the Chiefs bounce back after the tough loss on Sunday night? It's it's can they get the, go, get back in the winners column and uh, make sure that they don't allow the Raiders to gain any additional ground on them in the standings? Uh, the Chargers, it's kind of like a barometer for them. Like, are they going to be legit this year? Or are they just going to be mediocre or subpar again, like they were last year? Um, so I think this game will go a long ways to saying, are the Chargers like a legit team? Are they going to be a playoff team or at least competing for a playoff spot? Or are they just, is are they a year away still or a year away from being a year away? Um, so I think that's an interesting game uh, to see whether or not the Chargers are legit this year or not and then um the last game i kind of want to point out is another divisional game it's on monday night it's the phillies and cowboys after looking so good in week one philly just absolutely crapped the bed last week 
the 49ers exposed them, made them look not so great. Whereas the Cowboys bounced back, got that win over the Chargers at the buzzer. And now they're looking like they've got a little bit of momentum, at least behind them. Uh, it's a big, it's a divisional matchup. It's a rivalry game, prime time, and they mean so much more. So you don't want to be the one that loses this and lets another team in the division gain a ground when it's in your hands. So that'll be a, a good matchup and one that I'm also looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great slate. It's a great slate to uh, talk about some mortal locks. Uh, as you said, one in three was the pod last week on mortal locks. That's something you just kind of hate to see. I'm uh, going to try to do better this week. Um, I don't know if you wanted to start or if we wanted to give out Jonathan and Zach's first, but. Um, uh, I'll start. Uh, okay. So my, okay. my mortal lock this week, you know, I, I picked an underdog in week one. We got the do- job done. Picked a favorite in week two. Not so much. So we got to go back to the roots. Got to go back with the underdogs. And. This one, I don't really have like any good reasoning for. This is more of a gut feeling here. Uh, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams straight up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're, I, they're, they're all, it's a small spread. I think the Rams are the, the, I think the Bucs are only a one point favorite right now. But uh, I, I like what I've seen so far from Matthew Stafford. And the fact that even when Stafford isn't clicking on all cylinders, they're still able to go on the road and beat a quality team in the Indianapolis Colts. That that the defense is is playing very well, and uh, Aaron Donald's just doing Aaron Donald things once again. I really think the Rams could be the ones to give the Bucks their first loss. Uh, it is interesting to note that Brady has won two of his three matchups against. Matthew Stafford, uh, but the Rams have won two of the last three against Tampa, including last year against the Bucks. So while the Buc- while the Buccaneers will be looking for revenge on the Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford's going to be looking at for a little bit of could be looking for some revenge on Tom Brady. So, um, something just in my gut says the Rams find a way to pull this one out. Um, and on at home, I like the, at them at home. Uh, I'll, I don't need the points. It's only a point and a half or something like that. So give me the Rams straight up to hand Brady his first loss in 11 games. Damn straight up Rams straight up over the bucks, put it on the board for Ryan and we'll get Zach's here. He's got the LA chargers plus six and a half against the chiefs. That's an interesting one. The Chiefs are uh, notor- notoriously uh, bad against the spread. Um, they just do not cover. Uh, not sure why. I mean, they're. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'd say their numbers usually high, and like they're kind of just one of those teams. Like, they're just gonna find a way to win, um, regardless. But so there's Zach plus six and a half with the Chargers. And we got Jonathan's mortal lock is the exact opposite 
Uh, Kansas City <laughs> minus six and a half. Um, on the board for Jonathan. So we got a little bit of a rivalry uh, going on there, um, picking opposite sides. I'm going with one that, you know, I shouldn't feel as confident as I do in this pick, but I. Uh oh. I was going between picks. Are you hesitating? Second thoughts again? We're going to have a double face off. I got the Bucks minus one, mortar lock, put it on the board. I was teetering between the Bucks and Patriots because I just, I need a win. I had Philly last week uh, as my mortar lock. That was a mistake. I'm never trusting that garbage team again. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. But I, you know what? I'm going with a pick that I feel like I can trust. And I trust that the Bucks are going to stay undefeated and win by more than one point um, over the LA Rams. So that is my mortal walk, damn it. And yeah, we got, uh, we got two little uh, budding pairs of uh, mortal walks here uh, between Zach and Jonathan and me and Ryan. So kind of love to see that. Um, yeah, this would be uh, interesting. I feel like uh, that, that kind of calls for burrito bets uh, across. So uh, just going to – I'm just going to volunteer Jonathan and Zach that they are now entering a burrito bet. And uh, I think uh, me and you, it's quite obvious it's on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we can get into our fantasy love and hate of the week and you know i got one and it's you know it's pretty much for whatever i just think he's gonna have a really good week you know some owners may have dropped this guy some may have picked him up but uh i got the kicker for the atlanta falcons young way Koo. he is a guy that i think you should have on your team and i think you should start on your team as well especially this week going up against the giants and I think it's a spot where the Falcons are going to be able to get some points. And I love young way here. I think, you know, again, he's one of the better kickers, I think in the league. And as long as the offense can do enough um, in between the numbers, he's going to, he's going to have a pretty solid game. I mean, he had a few double digit absolute, um, you know, booms last year. So he's always capable of that. He's a great kicker. So young way, uh, young way, Koo is uh, my fantasy love this week. Oh, is it? Is it really? <laughs> well, yeah, is, there, yeah. is there any reason in particular why you might have said it and worded it as such? No, it's just that's just the way I see it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. No rhyme or reason. Definitely no underlying context there that needs to be explained. All right. There's zero. No, no, it makes sense. All right. So my fantasy love this week is going to be Tyson Williams, the new starting running back and new in terms of this season for the Baltimore Ravens. He's been very efficient on the ground so far in two games as the starting running back. He's, he's involved in the passing game a little bit as well. So that helps in PPR leagues. And he's going up against the Lions defense that has been absolutely torched by running backs both on the ground and through the air so far. Uh, If you recall, Aaron Jones had three receiving touchdowns, I believe, last week against with four total touchdowns 
against said Lions. And then in week one, a backup for the Niners ran for 100 yards on like 16 carries or so. So I like this matchup for Tyson Williams. It's going up against a defense that is the second most – has allowed the second most points to running backs in fantasy so far in the early year. And yes, Lamar Jackson will steal plenty of yards on the ground in this one. But I think if Tyson Williams finds the end zone, then he should be able to have himself a pretty good damn day uh, fantasy-wise for the Ravens. Okay. All right, Ryan, I see you. Uh, Who's back of the week? Baltimore Ravens running backs. Um, So we got – Fantasy hate now. So well, just, well, we gotta give we gotta give oh, Zach and Jonathan. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I had a fucking brain fart. We're we're my, jumping the gun here. I mean, pardon my language. All gosh. right, Zach. Fantasy love and I quote: Juju versus Cincy. Uh, Deontay Johnson is out. Should be a big Juju Smith Schuster week. Um, so Zach's all in on Juju now, and apparently he's a big. Big Bend guy, and I kind of love that. Um, not gonna lie, I'm kind of on board with that. Actually, I might just might just retweet that. Um, so Jonathan's fantasy love, he loves Saquon versus Atlanta, and you know I, I don't know, I don't know if I love that. I mean, Sa- Saquon's gonna he's gonna pop off, but ah, it's like he's such like a. I mean, you have to start him. No matter what, you know, you take yeah. that. I, I think we're at the point early on the season where our fantasy loves aren't so much guys that are going to be on the free, uh, the waiver wire uh, and available to pick up as they are players that you would potentially be adding to your lineups for daily fantasy. And maybe you're wondering who's going to pop off. That's what we're kind of given with our fantasy love early on in the season because all of these guys are owned – and in most, if not all leagues. So uh, yeah. when we're, we're talking fantasy love at this point in the season, we're giving guys uh, that we would suggest adding to your daily fantasy uh, lineups. Yeah. We're like, we're thinking who was like, who's going to pop off this week. And so that's like, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, well, uh, we got fantasy hate now. Now we do. And so I took this guy in one of my leagues. I'm just preambling this because he fell so far that it, someone had to take him. Okay. And I'm not very proud of it. Um, and I think it's going to come to bite me and other owners of this man this week. That is one Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. He had a great week one. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, almost carried the ball 30 times for 127 yards and had a touchdown you know, good for 25 points in some scoring leagues like a PPR, such as ours. And, um, you know, against Chicago, uh, a tougher Rundy, um, you know, 20 carries for 69 yards, no touchdowns. And he's going up against a uh, top five Rundy in Pittsburgh uh, this week. And I don't like that divisional opponent too. And I don't like the Bengals in this spot either, just as a team. So I definitely do not love Joe Mixon in this spot. So do not expect a boom from Joe Mixon. 
you can't be serious, right? What? So we're just so Jonathan's fantasy hate is also Joe Mixon versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And guess what mine is? It's freaking Joe Mixon. <laughs> so I, I, I don't I almost feel obligated that I have to change it because we, we're, we can't get Jonathan's opinion to change on the fly here without him being on the show. So oh, bad. Like I felt, I felt it in my veins, Ryan. I know you did too. Yeah. Just, and here's why we're so down on Joe Mixon. His, let, let me give you his career averages against the Pittsburgh Steelers in six games. He averages 12 carries for 65 yards on the ground. And he averages about two receptions for a total of eight yards in the air. In PPR, that is good for 9.3 points. And the reason I say only 9.3 is because he's only got one total touchdown against the Steelers in his career. So so you look at what he did last week or what he didn't do uh, so much against the Chicago Bears, which was kind of just post very subpar numbers. And unless he's able to find Pater in this matchup against the Steelers, which history says he probably won't, uh, you've got to absolutely temper your expectations for Joe Mixon. Even if he gets a touchdown, he might be barely an RB2. That's what it's it's looking like. So definitely would not take my chances on Joe Mixon in daily fantasy. And if you're starting him in your season league, because let's face it, you got to, if you have Joe Mixon, he was probably your, your first or second round pick. Uh, you're you just got to temper your expectations for this one because his track record suggests this is going to be a long day for him. Uh, if I had to play devil's advocate and pick a different one so that we're not all basically picking the same fantasy hate, uh, spoiler, Zach does have a different person not named Joe Mixon, thank God. Uh, <laughs> but if I had to pick somebody else re- off the fly, it would be a... It would be David Montgomery and the Cleveland defense has been very good at containing yeah. running backs so far. I, I know Kansas city and Houston, their run games are nothing to brag about nothing, nothing. So, so stopping them is nothing to really brag about, um, but they've kept them out of the end zone. They've limited them to only running backs to only 117 yards on the ground in two games. That's pretty damn good. And Chicago, this is Justin Fields first start. They're going to be looking to really, I don't want to say protect, but they're going to be looking to ease up the burden on Justin Fields as much as possible. And sort of like how we were, I was talking about Mac Jones and needing to get Damian Harris in the run game going, the bears are going to be looking to do the same thing with Montgomery but Cleveland has shown so far that that is going to be much easier said than done. And if they hone in on that and they force Justin Fields to play hero, then David Montgomery is going to be in for a long day himself as well. And he doesn't, he hasn't done a heck of a lot through the air as well. He's only got four catches for 28 yards so far this season. So uh, if I'm looking for another guy that I would say recommend don't, try for daily fantasy it's it's david montgomery yeah i i like that um yeah 
Yeah, and that kind of goes along with uh, Zach's fantasy hate. And that goes to Justin Fields. Uh, he says, too much hype for the young QB going up against good defense in the Cleveland Browns, which I couldn't agree more, you know, being a, a Browns supporter. Um, I like that take. So that is our fantasy love and hate for NFL week three. And I feel pretty good about our mortal locks too. I'm not going to lie. You know, we say that every week as well, but you know, if, if we can get a good week here, nice and early, you know, maybe three and one, you know what? I think we could really start to get the ball rolling, um, start to see the board better. Um, you know, cause that always helps. And, uh, and yeah, I think we're, I think we're ready for week three Pats and saints, big spot, huge spot. Mac Jones Pats are one and one. They host the saints on Sunday and a whole slate of week three games. It's been a pleasure, Ryan, any closing thoughts here as we, uh, as we wrap up our week three and week two of the NFL season. Yeah. You know, mortal Lux, It's a big showdown Sunday for us. A lot it of is. it's a double yeah. dipping of head to head matchups. So, uh, Burritos will be won. Uh, bets will be had. And uh, looking to see who gets on the board and, and adds to their win column and who, uh, who, falls, who falls in the standings. Because uh, you, you and I need to bounce back after tough week, tough week two picks. Yeah. Uh, Zach's got the early lead sitting at 1-0. And Jonathan's looking to get his first dub on the season at 0-1. So... We're we're looking to I'm I'm looking to get back on the on the, <laughs> the win column, but I'm gonna have to go through the goat to do so. I guess so. I guess so. And I'm uh I'm on the opposite side there. So burritos will be had, bets will be had. You said it best, Ryan. Well, it has been a pleasure as always. As we end this week, we'll be back next week, of course, with the week three recap and week four preview. Hopefully, a pass win. And that will do it for the Mouth and Off Sports Show here, hosted by Dan Sadik and Ryan Brown. And no Zach, Lacey, and Jonathan today, but we got their picks, of course. But thank you all for listening. And uh, Ryan, we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Go do.